Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Nolan Sam with Infinite Banking Radio, and I guess I haven't really come out with a podcast in about three weeks, and uh, I apologize for that, but I've got something really good for you guys today. This is just basically going to go back to the basics. We're going to talk about what is infinite banking? What is life insurance? Why are we using this product as a solution, as a way to finance everything that we do, whether it's paying off a car, whether it's investing in real estate, whether it's um, even paying off some stu- some type of student loan, right? So most importantly, I'm going to go back to the basics. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to discuss the ins and the outs of this thing in third grade details to where you can get a really good comprehension of what we're doing what infinite banking actually really even is, it's not even a life insurance product. It's more about a behavior and how you act with money. But uh, let's just take a step back and begin talking about how to implement this strategy in your life so you can mathematically have more money in the future. And again, if you're investing in something, you're going to have a mathematically much higher return. But before I jump into it, let's hear a quick word from our sponsor. My Financial Snapshot is the official sponsor of the Infinite Banking Radio Podcast. My Financial Snapshot builds personal financial tools to help you track your finances. Their Snapshot tool is the first easy-to-use and reusable personal financial statement builder available online. It's the perfect solution for real estate investors and business owners. Their budgeting tool takes the hassle of budgeting away and lets you focus on the results of your budget. Individuals can get unlimited access to their tools and educational resources for $44.99 a year or $6.99 a month. For Infinite Banking Radio listeners, use coupon code INFINITE20 for 20% off your subscription for life. Use the link in the description and get started making personal finance easy and simple today. All right, so normally what I do is I actually have an entire YouTube video about this, and it's talking about... Um, not only coupling infinite banking, but it's talking about commercial real estate and how to essentially use bonus depreciation to uh, eliminate your income tax. Um, But that's neither here nor there for today. I want to really talk about and hammer home about infinite banking. And so before we jump into uh, the life insurance aspect, I just want to hammer home the basics and I want to talk about um, the fundamentals of using cash so or, or, or doing deals or buying things or whatever it is. So before we dive into it, we have to understand, we have to comprehend that at the base level, at the foundation with the rebar, that we finance every single thing that we do. We either borrow someone else's money and pay them interest or we pay cash and we give up the ability to earn interest. So think about this. Whenever you're, again, I don't want to knock Dave Ramsey, but um, the the non-Dave Ramseyers, the 85% of the world, what they'll do is they will go and borrow, let's just use a vehicle, for example. Someone goes and buys a, a 2020 Tahoe and it's 50 grand, and they go and borrow $45,000 to purchase that car. Well, what they do is then when they pay that monthly payment back to somebody else, Every single month, they pay principal and interest back to somebody else, to GMAC or the financing company. So there's interest attached to that. Or you can be the Dave Ramsey, uh, you know, the 15% of Dave Ramsey fans, and you can save up that $45,000, right? It's the same, it's the opposite of of borrowing $45,000. You can save up the $45,000 and you can spend cash to buy that car. Now, I would ask you, in five years from now, after you have, whether you've borrowed money or whether you've saved up money, whatever it is, you actually end up not getting anywhere with the cash in your account because, again, you saved up $45,000 and then you just spent it. 
So that money is now gone. Yeah, sure, you have an asset. You don't have a payment. But I'm sure just like everybody else, you're actually saving up money for the next, uh, the next car purchase down the road. So what we discovered is that whether you are paying cash or you're borrowing money, you're either paying interest or if you spend cash, you've given up the ability to earn interest on that dollar because you've spent it on a vehicle or you spent it on education or you purchased an investment property or you bought cryptocurrency or whatever the heck you're doing, whatever your strategy is in the world. When you use your own cash, you literally give up the ability to ever earn on that dollar again because, again, you've taken the cash out of its earning potential. Well, with infinite banking, we basically take one step further. And the biggest difference is that is when we go, we're still above the line, right? We're saving up cash. We're, we're saving up equity. But instead of when we go, we're, instead of saving our equity or our cash in a bank account, we actually save it in a properly engineered life insurance product, and it's called Whole Life Insurance. Now, before you get all juiced up and you hear Dave Ramsey and all everybody and their brother get all the heavy doors closes, just hear me out for a second because I was probably identical to you, and I was, God, I probably was exactly like you, but you're thinking Whole Life Insurance, my dad told me to buy term, and I didn't even have term at the time. He probably didn't either. But all you heard was term, invest the difference. Burr, 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 burr. You hammered it into your head like a drill sergeant. But the difference is with whole life insurance is that it builds equity. It builds cash value. So to distill this or, 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 or get this thinking about like a real estate idea, um, term insurance is like you renting an apartment and whole life insurance is, is if you own the apartment. So every month in a rental, when you rent an apartment unit, you are you know, paying rent to a landlord, you're paying rent to somebody else who owns it, and that person takes that money and they go and pay that mortgage. Well, if you are a whole life insurance owner, you actually take that cash and every month that you make a mortgage payment, you build equity, right? You build equity in the property. It's identical to what this is in whole life insurance. You're building equity in your policy. And so when you do that, it allows you to actually borrow against the equity in your policy. And so when you take a policy loan from your account, you're able to actually go and spend it or invest it or do whatever that you want with the money at any given point for any time. And you don't have to pay it back if you don't want to. It's a line of credit that you own and control. I've got a lot of clients that um, they buy cars with it. They invest in real estate. Again, I've got even a couple guys, they actually do cryptocurrency. I even had a client that actually paid for a, uh, a vet bill with a policy loan. So when I say infinite banking, I literally say infinite because you don't really know. Everybody has an idea of how to use this capital. But again, at the end of the day, your money keeps growing and compounding as it never left, as if it never left, because you're actually never removing your dollar's ability from growing. It continues to grow inside of the life insurance policy, even when you've got the insurance company's money out in the marketplace deployed in that investment that you know and you like and you trust, okay? So that's kind of the basis of it. But I wanted to discuss really quickly about the differences between uh, a tax today account, a tax deferred account, and a tax never account, okay? There's a few attributes, in my opinion, that really need to be brought up to attention because you hear everybody on the internet and everybody out there that says, oh, uh, save and for, the, for, the, for the long term, save for retirement, the 401ks, the IRAs. Look, I'm not going to call your baby ugly. I'm not going to tell you that your brother-in-law your, or your uncle is, is an idiot or anything like that because there's a time and a place for retirement accounts. 
The fact is, though, is that you have zero control over that, and you definitely have no control over what Uncle Sam's going to do to the tax code in the next 30 to 40 years, especially if you're my age. I'm 31 going on 32 next month, which is crazy. But imagine if you locked up all that money for the next 30 years. Okay, here we go. Let's do this. Matt, let's do a quick exercise. If you went into an investment with somebody, right, and uh, you were investing with me, hypothetically, you had $100,000. And you came to me and said, Nolan, I'd like you to invest my money. And I said, okay, sounds good. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make you put up all the money. I'm going to make you take on all the risk. I'm going to force you to either manage the money and pay a fee or pay someone else to manage the prop- or manage the, uh, your account. And number four, in the future, in 30 years down the road, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to see what your performance is on the actual investment that we did. And I'm going to decide how much of the equity slice that I'm going to get in return. Who the heck does that deal? But the fact is, that's what 90% of everybody in the, in the country does, probably even higher, 95%. Everybody does the 401k and the IRA. If you really think about it, that's what those retirement accounts are. They're actually investment accounts that are essentially for Uncle Sam creating future cash flow streams where you, you're just praying to God that you keep your head above water because taxes will be higher in the future. And if you decide to not, uh, or if you decide to actually put money into those accounts, you're tying liquid up, you're, t- you're tying capital up, you're going to pay a capital gain. And if you do want the access to capital early, you got to pay a penalty. Now, that's not very fair. It's your money. So uh, I can go on all day about the retirement accounts. But again, it takes an open mind and it takes somebody that wants to do something different versus doing what they're told. So that's more of a philosophical way of viewing things. Um, but really quickly, again, to go back and talk about tax today, tax deferred, and tax never account. So what is a tax today account? Tax todays are simply savings, money markets, CDs, where actually today you're seeing probably a lot of things on the internet. As you scroll on social media, you're probably seeing some, oh, I'm seeing you know, IBC or I'm, or I'm seeing uh, you know, Community First Bank, uh, 5.5% APY on a CD, right? All these competitive rate of returns. I won't, I won't dive into the reason why that is, but essentially those banks are over-levered and they are dying and scraping for deposits. So be careful what you wish for. When someone starts offering ridiculous returns, there's always mud in the water. So just be careful because you just never know what their incentive is or the insidious incent, uh, 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 desire or, or what their really reason is behind why they're offering these ridiculous returns. They're needing cash. But a tax-deferred account, again, like I mentioned a minute ago, a 401k, an IRA, a SEP, which is a a self-employed or or self-directed pension plan, and then tax-never accounts, I kind of joke and I say your mattress, your safe, or infinite banking, or properly engineered life insurance. So when I'm talking to clients or I'm talking to individuals, I think what the most important aspect of this is, is discussing what are the attributes of what everybody's looking for in a perfect savings account. Now, I'm not talking investing. I'm not talking investment vehicles because investing, when I say, uh, when I'm talking about investing, that that inherently means risk. And risk inherently means you can lose money. So when I'm talking about savings dollars, I'm simply talking about a location where you can park capital before you deploy it into an investment with that has risk, inherent risk. But if we can talk about just a location for capital, liquid dollars, let's just compare these locations and see which has the, the, the best attributes. So my favorite six that I kind of look at and talk about is competitive rate of return, safety, liquidity, tax-free nature, creditor protection, and uninterrupted compound interest. So let me kind of talk, let me drill back for a second. 
compound engine, or I'm sorry, competitive rate of return. Um, you know, talking about tax today's, you know, again, we can talk, we can say this is competitive. Again, you're going to have to pay Uncle Sam for, for any amount of money that you have in an account and they're paying you. Um, again, I, I don't want to dive into it, but let's call, let's call today that a savings account is competitive. I know a lot of real estate deals that I can get about eight, 18 times the return on a savings account, but that's neither here nor there. Tax deferred account, we hope that we can get a competitive rate of return. Um, safety, a tax today like a savings account, absolutely it's safe. You can't lose money in those. You're not really making a lot of money, but your 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 cash is there. Your tax deferred account like your 401k, I would, I would say that uh, your money is not safe because it's an investment. It's risky. You're out in the marketplace where there's an opportunity for the returns to go up or down. So I would say that's not safe. Liquid tax today is like savings accounts. That's liquid. You can go. You can go and walk into the bank, get your hands on it. Tax deferreds, on the other hand, they're not. They're not liquid. You have to wait until you're 59 and a half, or like I mentioned a minute ago, you got to pay a penalty and capital gains tax. Tax free. Um, the tax today accounts again, like your checking account, is not any amount of money that you actually earn inside of that checking account is the last dollar on top of what your earned income is. So it's it's basically at the highest tax bracket. So uh, it's the last thing that the government can control. So they're going to tax your ass on top of it as much as they can to try and essentially de-incentivize you from doing that because they can't control it. Are we understanding the game, people? Tax deferred accounts are not tax free. They're tax deferred. Creditor protection. Obviously, if you're getting sued, if you have a tenant somewhere in a rental property and they slip and fall or they get they hit their bump their head, the the first place they're going is your checking account. Thankfully, in 401ks or IRAs, there is creditor protection depending upon the state that you live in. Um, And then, last but not least, kind of my favorite um, metric or at least attribute that a lot of people don't think about is a thing called uninterrupted compound interest. What I mean is when you take the money out of an account, does it keep growing as if it never left? In a tax today account, if you had 100 grand in there and you took a 40 to 45 thousand dollars out to go buy that car, no, you're only now earning point whatever on 65 thousand dollars that's left in there. Tax deferred is the exact same thing. When you go and start taking withdrawals, you're simply withdrawing the money, so you're no longer earning money because it's not in there. So let me go back here, and so I want to just just distinguish that, how tax todays and tax deferred accounts do not have all of the attributes that whole life insurance or infinite banking has, okay? Infinite banking has a competitive rate of return of 4% that's guaranteed, plus you earn a dividend every single year inside of your policy. Now, again, that dividend is going to fluctuate. It doesn't fluctuate very quickly and doesn't fluctuate or deviate a lot. I like to be conservative and say things like you're going to earn four and a half percent internal rate of return. Now that's not describing from month one to month 36. That's going to describe month one to month 360, right? You have an internal rate of return of probably four and a half percent, maybe a little bit more depending upon interest rates. Uh, Safety. With infinite banking, your life insurance policy, you cannot lose money. These mutual insurance companies are so full of liquidity, um, just a hypothetical, or not hypothetical, but an actual uh, realization about this actually is um, in the FDIC, there's about $19 trillion sitting in checking accounts right now. And the FDIC has the insurability of about $80 billion. That's less than one penny for every dollar that's sitting in your checking account right now. 
where mutual insurance companies, on the other hand, for every dollar that's sitting in cash value inside of whole life insurance policies, you have about a dollar and 23 cents uh, insuring those dollars that are immediately liquid to be to be lent out. So basically a penny versus a dollar and 23 cents. You do the math and see which one is more safe. Uh, liquidity. Again, tax today, you can walk into the bank account and get your money the same day. The banks or, or these, these life insurance companies are not as fast as the banks, but they're about 36 to 48 hours or maybe even at most 72 hours liquidity. So if you're going to go buy a vehicle on a Friday, Hit me up on a Tuesday, and it'll be in your account before you go purchase that vehicular transport. Creditor protection. Again, I have a, quite a few clients that are investors, and they do this simply for the creditor protection. They have you know, a couple million dollars in cash value, not because they're looking for this amazing life insurance product, but it's because they don't want anybody to come after their money. And not to mention, too, nobody knows that the money's in there because it's completely private. Nobody has a clue what assets that you have or what trust owns the policy. There's, there's so many um, privacy factors revolving around these policies that nobody actually ever knows what you're doing, which I think gives you a little bit more agility when it comes to doing deals. But most importantly, and again, the straw that stores the drink, in my opinion, is what is called the uninterrupted compound interest, okay? And so what happens is when you make a deposit into this life insurance policy, what actually happens is the insurance company, in the very first year, you have to send a couple dollars to, to death benefit or to cost. And that has nothing to do with me. That has nothing to do with the state. It has everything to do with Uncle Sam and the IRS, they deem the ratio of every dollar that you send, there's got to be a couple of pennies that are sent to cost in order to make our policies what is known as life insurance and not some type of investable account or investable trust. So in the very first year, when you send a dollar to, in, to a life insurance policy, about 40 cents goes to purchase death benefit. So what makes this thing so dang cool is that every dollar moot year two, you, year three, all the way to for the rest of your life grows tax-free. It's uninterrupted because when you go decide to take a policy loan to invest in a real estate deal, what ends up happening actually is that you don't ever remove your own dollar from its growth. What you actually end up doing is basically the insurance company, if you have a $100,000 policy loan and you've got $2 million of death benefit, well, your 150 grand continues to stay in the policy and compound and grow tax-free. The insurance company will take a policy loan or will basically lend you a prepayment of your death benefit. So your money continues to grow in the policy while you've got the insurance company's money out in the marketplace doing whatever you want with it. Again, buying residential real estate, buying commercial real estate, paying off student loans, buying vehicles. Again, cryptocurrency, if that's your prerogative, whatever it is, you are not using your own money. Therefore, the rate of return on your investment, whatever you're doing, mathematically goes up because you have less money in the deal. That's the game when it comes to any type of investment. The less amount of money of your own capital that you have in something, your rate of return mathematically goes up. I just want to clarify that. So every time that we have the opportunity to borrow from the life insurance company versus using our own cash, we are mathematically going to get a higher rate of return on capital versus using our own cash. Okay, let me go a little bit further on here. And I want to discuss, let's see here. I could go into a little bit more of the weeds about a real estate deal and this and that, but I really wanted to, to discuss um, three scenarios, okay? And it's going to be really quick. Well, let's just use two scenarios because I'm gonna, I wanted to distill this down because this is really where the math checks out. 
Let's say that you, and again, this could be, you can add a zero, you can take off a zero. You can be somebody that has $10,000. You can be somebody that has $100 million. It doesn't really matter. What really matters is the math, okay? So let's just use an example. Let's say that you purchased a property. You had a million dollars of cash. You purchased a property for a million dollars in cash. That property was throwing off $100,000 in net operating income, which means that is your cash flow. So how do we determine what net operating income is? So let's go back to high school and let's think about what a fraction looks like. In the numerator, which is the top number, that is what we re our return was, which is $100,000. And then what our denominator is, or that bottom number of the fraction, is what we invested, which was a million dollars of our cash. So $100,000 divided by 1 million, what does that equal? 10%. That was our rate of return on that deal. We made $100,000 when we, when we deployed a million dollars. 10% rate of return on a deal is not bad. Now, again, it could be $100,000 and you made 10 grand. It doesn't matter. That's not the point. The point is the ratio. You made 10% on your money. Now, this is where I want you to really be open-minded. Listen to what I'm saying. When you do the exact same deal, you had a million dollars in cash value in a life insurance policy. Now, again, it probably took you some time to accumulate cash in your checking account. It's going to take you a similar amount of time to accumulate that cash in a cash value account. It's not different, okay? It's just where you locate the equity. So you have a million dollars in cash value. Let's do the exact same deal. Okay, we're going to borrow this time instead of taking our cash out from our checking account, we're going to borrow a million dollars from our life insurance policy. Now, remember, our one million dollars is still in our checking account, still growing and accumulating. It's catching interest and tax free dividends and everything. But we're using the insurance company's money. Now, that's a cost. It costs us 4% per year to borrow the insurance company's money. Now, again, most people would say, well, that's not fair. Why am I paying someone money to borrow my own money? You're not borrowing your own money. You're borrowing the insurance company's money. So if we can, again, distill it down in the first por portion, you use, the insur you use your own cash and you made 10%. Now, if we use the insurance company's money, that cost is $40,000 a year. We're not using a million. We're using the insurance company's money, and it's $40,000. So let's do the exact same metric. Our rate of return, we've used the insurance company's money of a million dollars to buy the deal. The property is throwing off $100,000 a year, So which is our return, which goes in the numerator. Remember, a fraction from back in high school, the top number is 100, 100,000. And then the denominator or the bottom number is what our injected cash is or our cost of capital, which was $40,000 because that's the interest that we have to pay to the insurance company. So anybody that's a mathematician out there, what is $100,000 divided by $40,000? It's 2.5. It's 250% return on cash. So think about it this way. You could use your own cash from a bank account and you can earn 10% and also take on a million dollars of risk exposure, or, or you can literally go and put your money inside of a bank, uh, inside of a life insurance policy, have your cash keep growing literally into oblivion, tax-free forever, borrow the money out, pay it back if you ever wanted to, but only pay the insurance company 4%, and you took your returns from 10% up to 250%, and the deal was identical. You did nothing different in regards to the real estate return. That's my job, and that's the guys, what we do at our office, is figure out the real estate deal only has a ceiling, but we're trying to freaking 
squeeze every single ounce of equity and return out of those deals as we possibly can. And if you do it out of any other metric, any other way, cash, borrowing from uh, a credit line or whatever it is, this is the only location where you mathematically have the highest rate of return. And if you're not using infinite banking, you're not participating in this strategy, you are mathematically leaving money on the table. So Again, guys, I'm pretty passionate about this because my wife and I do this. We have multiple policies at this point. We actually just put a policy on. We're putting a policy on our kid. It's it's just a really great way of parking capital before you do, go and decide to deploy it into some type of investment that you know you like and you trust. So again, guys, thanks so much for listening. I really hope that you pull the trigger on this, guys, because it's changed my life. It's changed my family's financial future. And if you really want to get philosophical, it's going to change my generations of, of our Sanborn family. And so So I hope that you guys are going to want to participate in this awesome opportunity because um, at the end of the day, there's just really not a better location that you can park capital. So again, guys, thanks so much for listening, and we will see you on the other side.